0: Episode eight of Man Overboard, we're back. Oh yes. Feels we like are. a million years ago that we did an episode with just us two and in this room.
1: It does, yeah, because the last two we did with guests and they were filmed in different rooms. So to be uh, back in here again feels good. It feels nice. We got the setup back. It's
0: yeah, I like it. I'm happy with it. We're I'm back. happy. I also like the switch of rooms in general. I think it's yeah. a better room. Yeah. But anyway, anyway, the last episode we did with just us two, we kind of delved into some urban mysteries or kind of some true crime stuff. Mm-hmm. It wasn't something we were planning on doing on a regular basis, but I personally really enjoyed doing I, it. Yes, yeah, yep. it was a lot of fun. Looking into the stories and then hearing about, well, I mean, Purple Haki in general. It's yeah, Purple lucky I, I feel like calling him a legend sometimes, but that's oh. really not the right that's word not, to use. Perhaps not. Yeah, we shouldn't do that. We shouldn't <laughs> do urban that. urban legend. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah. So I thought we'd dive into some similar things this week. Obviously, we already knew this. We've done a little b- bit of research coming into it. So mine one is very kind of on topic at the minute. So there's been a recent Netflix documentary about this. I've seen plenty of other YouTubers do videos on it and things along those lines. So it's about a, a, an American doctor called Dr. Klein. Okay. So Dr. Klein is one of the US's leading, or was one of the US's leading infertility doctors. So, his job was pretty much to, if women or men couldn't have children, it was his job to work out how they could, what was going wrong.
1: If that was the situation.
0: Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, he was very well respected in his community. Uh, Everyone looked up to him. He had like TV adverts. Like, he was well known. Do you know what I mean? Like, imagine the soul of the doctor world. Yes, (laughs) yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, how infertility treatment works is uh, people's sperm can only be used a couple of times. So, uh, Dr. Klein would tell people that they could only use the sperm of like medical students etc and it can only be used a maximum of 3 times because okay. this stops there being like effectively a massive family in a city Do you yeah. know like yeah. if you're in like a small town or something yeah, and there's very everyone's sperm crossovers yeah, yeah so they could yeah. end up being loads and loads of children so again maximum of 3 times it was said it was local medical student sperm or obviously the husband's if it was if it wasn't a problem with him so that's how it was kind of portrayed, uh, and due to DNA tests not really being around, this was in the 70s and the 80s, people never really questioned it, like, people no. just thought, yeah, we've gone, I'm pregnant now, really happy, had the children, and we're buzzing, and then, kind of where this takes a turn is, so, obviously, Dr. Klein, he was, he was in the medical profession for many years, many decades, when people would go and get the treatment, the kids would look a little bit off, do you know, like, you would get to pick what parents you would use if it was a sperm donor. Yeah. So you would kind of pick people that have similar features to the real dad or to the... What t-
1: you wanted your child to look like, essentially. You wanted their Exactly, features, yeah. And it yeah. would
0: be people without any serious like health conditions or with families that haven't had like a history of health conditions. Of course, you want the healthiest population possible. And then people would go get the treatment from Dr. Klein and it was meant to be like a brown-haired child to match with the father. And then it'd be like a blonde kid or something.
1: Right, so he wasn't quite doing what they'd chosen beforehand. Exactly.
0: And obviously, that can happen. Like, people with brown hair can have blonde children. That Mm -hmm. wasn't the end of the world. But then, as these children started to get older and they had, like, no similar features to their parents, like, even in the cases where they were meant to have used the dad's sperm, and it was like there were some cases that were on this documentary where people that were meant to have, like, olive skin were, like, fully white. So, you know, like, that came from, like, yeah. an Italian background. Yeah, like heritage, or heritage, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and they were fully white. So, people started to question it. But, again, 70s and 80s, maybe even going into the 90s, DNA, DNA tests weren't available to the public. Like, yeah, it easily. wasn't a common thing. It wasn't thing. a readily available thing to exactly. just offer out to people, was it? Yeah. Huh. So... A lot of these kids started to question it, and there was one in particular that the documentary focused on. But when it came to like that, like the public could get DNA tests. There's a website called Twenty Three andme Me. Yes, yeah, that's, that's
1: um, run by the uh, is it the YouTube CEO. That's Susan Wojcicki, she had something to
0: do with it. Oh, I had just no a idea. Little yeah, a, ran- a random go, side yeah, fact. There you go, yeah. but yeah. So that twenty-three Me for anyone that doesn't know, I feel like it's more of an American thing. It's practically just ancestry. You do a DNA test, and it comes up with your family tree and like where you originate from and all that business. So when one of these kids got older and they thought, I really don't look anything like my dad, and that they knew that they'd had like they knew that the parents had infertility treatment, <laughs> so they decided to do a DNA test. Sent it off to 23andMe. And when it came back, it turns out they had, like, 18 half-siblings. <laughs> wow, okay. <Yeah>? So <laughs> yeah. they were like, this is dead weird. Uh-huh, something's like, wrong. I didn't hi- hear anything about having any half-brothers or sisters. Like, was Daddy fucking about? <laughs> yes, <that's laughs> and I didn't, Daddy was nobody a knew. <laughs> yeah. um, So, obviously, they started researching it a little bit. Went and spoke to the doctor and they said that when they went and spoke to the doctor about having these like fifteen half siblings, it was really weird because he came to the like came to the meal, came to the restaurant with a gun. Like and obviously in some states in America people do it, have guns, but it, they said they said that the meal was like a it had a very threatening demeanour and that they didn't really know what was happening. Almost like he he'd come and Yeah, pointed the gun at them on the table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this was just one of the kids that went to meet him originally. Yeah. Uh, And then they said that kind of prompted them to look into it a little bit more. Mm -hmm. So they did some more digging. They carried on going up Ancestry and they found a woman that didn't really link in with like any of the families or anything. And they messaged her saying, Oh, do you have anyone in your family with the second name Klein? Because that wasn't the name, so it wasn't obvious. And she was like, Oh, yeah, my cousin so and so is Dr. Klein in Indianapolis. He's a great guy, whatever. But then that meant that they were all also related to him somehow. Right. I see. Okay. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. So at that point, they were like, oh, this is really dodgy now. Some dodges, right? dodgy dealings. Going and then on. like the he, that Dr. Klein, they went and met him and were like, look, we know that we are somehow related to you. And in the end, he admitted to using his own sperm. No... Oh no. So
1: I felt it was going that way, but I was hoping that there'd be a via or something. No. That's right. Yeah, okay.
0: In the end. So there's these 15 kids, all like brothers and sisters effectively, uh, all in like a Indianapolis is a big place, but they're all in like a pretty close vicinity. So it's illegal as hell mm-hmm. as well yeah. to have done that. Unbelievably. Um, so yeah, there's these 15 kids. And then they were saying like more and more were popping up. So they'd be like every couple months, every year or two, another like then another sibling would pop up. And they'd have to like message them on Ancestry or 23andMe and be like, do you know that this could actually and is probably a father? Mm-hmm. And they'd be like, what the fuck? And it'd make people's whole lives fall apart. Like, And at this point, a lot of these people were like 20, 30, 40 years old. Um, so imagine you've been living your whole life and you in your head and in your family's head as well, that is legitimately like your mum, dad's kid. Yeah. And like imagine being the father and you thought that is my child. Mm-hmm. And then it turns out it wasn't ridiculous it's disgusting
1: that's such a a rug pull in the entire life isn't it that is horrible Uh so
0: it was ruining people's lives a lot of these people also found out that they had like a fair few different health conditions and no one really knew why like it was stuff like autoimmune syndrome um and, and, and like that I think a few of them had cancer or something don't quote me on that one but there was a few different health problems and they were like there's no history of this in my family or the people that knew that they was meant to have used sperm donors were like there was no history of this so where has this come from it turns out Dr. Klein was not a very healthy person Right. So he had like autoimmune issues yeah. and like yeah. his family and it had all, a... it all ties up with the issues that these people have started yeah. to find. So yeah. it's effectively okay. again uh-huh. another problem is he has passed on like many health issues to these kids. Terrible genes essentially. Yeah, like what ho- like it's a horrible, awful thing to do in the first place. But imagine knowing that you are pretty sick and then you're still doing that anyway. But
1: then it's not even it's not even the case of him becoming a father if he if he knew he wasn't very well and having a child of his own. He's actively giving these women yeah. children that he knows are going to have these health issues further down mm-hmm. the line. He knows that they're not
0: going to be what they expect them to be. Yeah. That's that's ridiculous. Exactly that. So anyway, more and more children kept popping up and I kind of cut to the punchline. In the end, uh, when this documentary was released and more might come forward, that he has 90 children.
1: 90. 90.
0: Nine, zero. Nine zero. Wow. So this Dr. Klein has, I, I would say, raped effectively. Because it, he has put in his a sperm sense. In a sense. inside a woman that was not willing or Don't was not able in. of that. Yeah. Ha- like, yeah. had no idea that that was going to happen. Mm-hmm. 90 people. That's ridiculous. And he's got 90 children. That's actually outrageous. That is absolutely crazy, isn't and, it?
1: And it was, only, it was only in recent years in
0: which they started to find this out due to DNA testing being readily available. Yeah, if it wasn't the, like, internet DNA testing, most of them probably wouldn't have found out. And what you've got to realise as well, obviously Dr. Klein back in the day probably never imagined something like this would come about, so he would have got away with it, like... If, the, if if medicine didn't develop so quickly or the ease of doing things at home uh, in that field, he would have definitely if, got or away if, with it. Or if
1: none of these children ended up actually looking into it and just yeah. kind of never questioned it.
0: Exactly. I mean, I think a lot of it was because the looks were so opposite to their family, so it mm-hmm. just made no sense at all. Like, yeah. why do I look nothing like my family? So then there's a few theories about why Dr. Klein did this. So this is kind of a curveball as well. Uh, but back in 1963... Uh, this is before he'd like. I think he was already a doctor, but he was pretty young at this point. He um he was driving down the street and ended up hitting a kid off a bike. The kid then died. Right. Yeah. He said the kid ran out. There was obviously no CCTV or anything back then. There's there's no like you can't His really call, yeah theirs. you can't really call someone a murderer because we have no idea what happened in yeah, that situation. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. he accidentally, or we presume accidentally, ran over a child and killed them. And this led to Doctor Klein turning to religion. So very quickly, he became like a very devout Christian. He was known to hold uh, baptisms in his pool with 50 to 100 people at <sighs> once. Bloody hell. So like, he's you know, he's really he's very it. spiritual. Yeah, yeah, there's loads of people that quote him as being a fantastic man. He does loads for the church. And this was all after his life changed after running over that child. So a lot of the a lot of the people that are his children uh, think that it might be some kind of like God complex. Because he wasn't just like an everyday churchgoer. He was baptizing hundreds of people in his home. He was like a, a massively devout Christian. So they think that it may be some kind of God complex.
1: Almost almost as if he was, in a way, attempting to create his own cult of his own children, yes. in a way. And baptizing people, you obviously then, at that point, you, you know, you welcome them as children of God. Mm-hmm in his head is he welcoming them as children of him. You yep. know what I mean? Like that's, that's really
0: strange as well, isn't it? Very bizarre. And then there's another theory, and this is it's something completely different, and I thought this one was probably a little bit far-fetched because there wasn't really any reason to believe this. Oh, well, I mean, other than the fact that he committed <laughs> this awful crime. I mean, there's a few reasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So this one's called the Quiverful movement. Uh, Quiverful, you know, like a bow and arrow quiver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was a religious... A society type thing like a movement uh, back in back in like the 70s, 80s and the idea of it was that uh, you have as many white, particularly white children as possible so it was quite a racist organisation as well and the idea of this was you have all these children uh, and then once they're older they're going to go off and be politicians and important people and it'll mean your family tree then grows to be more powerful and apparently this was like quite a big movement back in the day and a lot of people believe that um he must have been a part of that or could have been a part of that and thought how can i have as many children like because the whole thing was to have as many kids as possible yeah of course yeah easy way to do it
1: so was was he a doctor prior to him knocking that child off the bike uh i'm not sure was he a fertility doctor then i'm not sure because then the question arises did he then go down the route of fertility to then cause this to happen if you know what i mean is that was that a choice of his to go? Hmm. How can I get as many kids as I need? Oh, I know what I'll do. I'll come up with this devious plan, and I'll insert myself into all of these different lives, and then I'll have ninety children. Yeah, like, actually,
0: because one of the theory that they did say on there was maybe the fact that he ran over that child and killed that child made him think I need to I need to make up for it. I need yeah. to bring as many more children into the world. And he was quoted in saying certain things like. Like multiple times, whenever he got caught, he was like, "Oh no, it's maximum fifteen people." And then he was like, in the end, he was like, "Oh no, I used my sperm very sparingly. It's just when like the sample we had had gone off or we couldn't use it anymore. So it was kind of like he was acting as if he'd done the women a favor, like at least you still have a child. Mm-hmm. Uh, like as if yeah. And so so it's almost again another
1: way to look at it is that he. Was seeing it as the right thing to do, exactly. Rather than it, him thinking I'm nefarious, I'm a horrible man. It was him thinking, yeah, like the God complex. Help. Yeah, exactly. Like that. he's like it's yeah. up to
0: me. I'm gonna do everything. It doesn't really matter what they think about it. I'm gonna help them have a child. I'm capable of this. I can use my sperm. I he'll, he, in his head he must have thought he was really good. Like that's it. it. He's get, he's getting told all the time by the church he's a great person. No, 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 no. So. And and if he's going down the route of
1: fertility anyway, that's already playing into his God complex, even without having his own children, because he's then, you know, working on people's bodies and he's saying, I can give you a gift that you wouldn't have had if you hadn't come to me. So then that plays into his God complex complex as well, doesn't it? So it's all just...
0: So the last thing I'll kind of leave this on, because I think this is a really strange quote. It's it's a pretty weird thing to say. So Dr. Klein in court, I think this was in court, if not, it was on an interview or something, once said... Before I, it's a, it's a, it's a quote from the Bible. But he said, "Before I formed you in your mother's womb, I already knew you." Right, and then also in the same like wherever this was context, said that nobody's born by mistake. So it's really strange though. This kind of ties it in with the more religious side of things. Mm-hmm. So he's quoting from the Bible, saying that he already knew the children before I formed you, because I think that was about Jesus. Mm-hmm. So he's saying like I have formed these children to probably to be children of God. So, really, really strange guy, horrible it, person.
1: It, that's a very bizarre case, that isn't it? To because, like you say, if it wasn't for DNA testing these days, yeah. that would no have one never would have, have come
0: out. There would have been no way for anybody to have known. So, do you want to know what I think is the worst thing about this? Come on. Do you know what punishment he got? So at the time uh, when these people like reported it, it wasn't like technically he'd not broken any law. Mm-hmm. Like he hadn't like physically entered anyone, like Correct. he hadn't like yeah. touched anyone mm-hmm. unwillingly because they knew what he was doing, but it was yeah, there was no law preventing exactly what he did. So he was managing to get away with it until the government found out that he'd lied in one of the statements in the past saying that it could only have been a maximum of X number of times, and then they found out that there was 90 kids, so they were like, well, that's like an obstruction of justice. Yeah. So they kind of went down that route, and do you know what? This is the, all he's been charged with to this day. They've created a law within that state now stopping it, but not even nationwide. People can still do this legally, right? What do you think his punish- punishment was? So,
1: he'll be, he'll have done it for, they'll have got him for obstruction of law because they'll have tried to get him for something and that's all they'll have been able to get him for. Let's say seven years.
0: A five hundred dollar fine.
1: No, no prison time. No prison time. Nothing. Nothing. Just a five hundred dollar yeah. fine for Just carry on living of your law. life.
0: Obstruction of justice. Five hundred dollar fine. That's I don't even that is baffling, isn't That's, it? That
1: is absolutely insane.
0: Yeah, such a such a horrible crime. How many
1: how many lives he's
0: affected? He he's like inadvertently destroyed, like, near on 100 lives. Probably 100, because obviously there'll be people that still don't know that the the children have hit. And, in fact, more than 100, because it's the parents, the whole family, it changed completely, causing people to have health issues, anxiety their whole life. Why do I look like my parents? No, 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 no. Yeah, what a horrible man. And that just proves how fucked up the justice system is. I feel like if something like that happens... Mm They should be able to say, all right, there may not be a law for this, but they clearly fucking should be. Mm-hmm. So let's make it now and then charge that person with that. I know you can't do that for everything. That's... But I think in cases like that, it's, where it's... it's
1: not even I don't even think there should be a thing where they write in a law when it happens. I think there should be a ruling sort of kinds that, you know, for cases like this, where yeah. there is no legislation in place to have a set legislation they go against because i know getting things into law and stuff like that takes time so it would take ages for them to get it through but if they had a generic one that was yeah unlawful acts or something like that you know what i mean and then they could then they could judge it off that then that might be helpful but exactly the fact they have nothing nothing at all outrageous it's oh it's ridiculous yeah crazy so that's dr klein
0: yeah dr klein (laughs) like that is it i mean it's a very true crime and it's it's one of the most disgusting things I'd watched in a long time. I was, I was baffled. Mm-hmm. I was like, how is it going from like 15 kids? Yeah, that's the max all the way up to 90, 90. children. That's he did that to 90 different women. What's that? To six times as many yeah. as he claimed. And another another th- weird fact to keep in mind is, if you're do if you doing sperm donation, because obviously back in these days, there wasn't as many methods of like transporting sperm, like freezing, it, whatever. So he will have literally had to have like, mm-hmm. had a wank effectively. There. Like, yeah just before or while that woman was, like, under Mm -hmm. in the room Mm -hmm. or, like, in the bathroom next door and then gone, like, within, like, 15 minutes or something, I think it is, Mm -hmm. at that time, and then gone and inserted it in her. So maybe there was a sexual element to it because, to me, that sounds weird as fuck. Sounds like he was getting something out of it for himself. Yeah, like, yeah, especially to do it 90 times. There is either some kind of God complex or he was enjoying it for some reason. Yes. Uh, Well, either way, he's... Definitely just a, 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 a raged guy. Yeah. He's very and th- tapped. And there was a case. One of the children, his children, was actually one of his patients at like the general doctory, you know, for like general checkups and stuff, their whole life.
1: And they had no idea. No that idea. It was
0: like he was doing like um <sighs> what is it where women have to get the swab. I can't remember what it's called. Mm-hmm. But he was like seeing his own kids like private areas and stuff when they were like adults for like health checks and they had no idea that they were that was actually that their, was dad. their dad. Oh, disgusting and it goes so deep as well like Isn't i keep I remembering side points there'll be yeah there'll be more it'll yeah. just yeah
1: of course that's yeah horrible what a horrible story yeah that's horrible I think that outweighs
0: Purpleacky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that one's a little bit worse than Purple <laughs> A little tiny bit. Yeah, Purple Purpleacky's uh, more just a joke. Yeah, definitely. What have you got for us today, Tim?
1: So what I've got for us today is the life of Daniel LaPlante. Okay. Daniel LaPlante. Daniel LaPlante. So Daniel LaPlante was born on the 16th of May in 1970 uh, in Massachusetts. Right. Uh, so he had a difficult upbringing. Um, he lived with his mother, stepfather, a couple of siblings, and their home was kind of run down all the time, overrun okay. with stray animals, you know, rubbish everywhere, not very well kept. And it was it was believed that, you know, Daniel might have been abused during this time mm-hmm. by how unkept the house was and how much the parents didn't seem to care. So it was believed, it wasn't a fact. It there was there's thought. no fact, again, because yeah. this is back in the 70s okay. when he was a child, there's no way to fully find out on those facts. But it was, it was heavily believed that he was abused as a mm-hmm. child. Um, and he struggled in school. Um, which made which was made worse by the fact that he got diagnosed with dyslexia. Uh, so his entire school life, he was already struggling. Mm. Terrible home life, terrible school life. Um, and he found it quite difficult to make friends and fit in. So he was a bit of a loner. Bit you know, of an bit outcast. Of, yeah, exactly that. Yeah. And obviously with his home life and that, people will know him, who he is, who his family is. Can it, you know? Stay yeah, you can imagine. That, like. You
0: can imagine some of the looks and some of what his school life would be like.
1: Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's it. So, so when he reached his teenage years, his uh, terrible hygiene and his really weird, like, behavioural tendencies led for him to be referred to a psychiatrist. Right, uh, and this psychiatrist um, essentially just gave him a once over and you know just because of how bad everything was the fact that he got referred to the psychiatrist in the first place was the big thing but there was no real you know anything that came out from said psychiatrist but then moving on uh, the neighbors described him as scary and strange in his teenage years right. um and it wasn't long before he then started committing crimes so he'd gone through this terrible childhood gone into adolescence
0: uh, and then started instantly
1: yeah that's it yeah 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 so sometimes he'd break into homes to steal items, or even more weirdly, he'd just go in and move stuff around to unsettle the family and then he'd leave. So so say the family had gone out for a meal at night, you know, seven PM, he'd break in at seven thirty, he'd move the sofa, he'd move the cabinet, he'd move
0: whatever else was in there. And then he'd leave. So he wouldn't even take anything. He'd just move the furniture. So, no, some,
1: some houses he would steal stuff. Oh, yeah. So he
0: so he did steal things as well. But sometimes he just Correct. moved so, things around. Sometimes
1: he didn't steal anything from the household. He literally just went in and moved the
0: furniture around and left. Yeah, it already sounds like this guy just likes knowing that people are in fear. That's
1: it. Yeah, yeah. So so when he was 16, um, he obtained the number of a local girl named Annie Andrews. Right. Uh, so she was 15 and lived with her father, Brian, and sister, Jessica. Uh, And her mother had passed away recently, unfortunately, due to cancer. So her family was already in natural distraught. You know they were having to make do with only having one parent now. Um, The dad was having to go out and work a lot more, leaving the girls at home more often, and it was stressful situation. Yeah, it was already difficult at home. Yeah, of course. Uh, So Daniel got into a telephone friendship with Annie. Uh, So they started talking to each other daily. You know they were ringing each other, saying how you doing. They'd never seen each other. And um, Daniel had described himself to Annie as the captain of the football team for a local high school that wasn't the one that she was attending. Mm. Uh, so he was basically passing himself
0: off as this big buff, you know, yeah, your typical fit. jock American popular. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah,
1: yeah, of course. Yeah. And. Um, and, you know, uh, Annie agreed to go on a date with Daniel after a while. They'd been talking for a couple of weeks. And then Annie said, all right, yeah, okay, let's meet up. Yeah. So he he went over to their house. And when he arrived, Annie was already taken back because he looked absolutely nothing like what he had described Yeah, she would have as. a vision
0: of someone completely different. That's it, yeah. yeah. So he's
1: turned up and he's this little scrawny, you know, this little guy, smelly as well, terrible personal hygiene, just doesn't look great. But she agrees and says, look, I'll, I'll, I'll go out with you. We'll, we'll we'll go out for a date. So they go out and get some ice cream together. Um, and uh, whilst they're out, Daniel keeps inquiring about her mother's death and f- trying to find out more about how she died and what was happening with it and how she feels about her death and, you know, how the family's coping. And he was very honing in on the fact that her mother had died right so this naturally unsettled her as you'd imagine of course. you're going out with a guy that you've not for the met. first
0: time and he's talking about your dead
1: mothers and that's all he's hammering on about strange conversation topic for a dirt. definitely so like i was saying the father the father's out and about now uh, because he's having to work a lot more hours to earn more money to be able to upkeep the family yeah. so there's a lot more time in which um the two sisters are left at home alone yeah um, so, in the autumn of uh, 1986, Annie and Jessica began hearing weird noises in their home. Ooh. So, they told their father, who brushed it off as the usual kind of, you know, oh, the house is settling. Yeah, the, creaking, pipes are, the pipes are clanking, whatever. It's this, that, yeah. and the other. It's the floorboards, whatever. Um, and uh, he, he he never believed them initially because he figured that they were making it up because whenever he was in the house... No noises. Never heard silent. any of these noises. Like He never heard any creaking, never heard any banging, any of these things that his, his daughters were saying. He was like, nah, it's just yeah, all in your head. You're being left on your own at night time. It's all, you know, you're just thinking things. Um, but one evening when uh, the dad was out at work, the uh, sisters f- went down to the basement and they found writing on the wall just uh, written up in, like, red, uh, what they perceived to be blood. Right. scrawled onto the wall. Um, so they called the dad who... What was dude. Do, do we know what the writing is? I don't know what the writing was. Oh. No, I'd love to know what it yeah. was. But they perceived it to be blood anyway. Okay. Uh, so they called the dad who returned and he, uh, checked around the house to see what was going on. So he went down to the basement, had a look down there, couldn't see anything. You know, he comes upstairs, goes in the living room, not finding anything. He's like, this is really weird now. But there's nothing but at here. At the same time, there's nothing here. Um, so, um... They, uh, they were looking around the house, and he walked into Annie's room. It was his daughter who's been dating Daniel. Uh, and there was a man in there wearing a wig and wearing his uh, deceased's wife's dress, oh holding gosh. a little hatchet in his hand, a little uh, like a little axe in his hand. Uh, so immediately, he just bolts. He's gone. He runs out the house. He says, I'm not, I can't deal with this. I don't know what the hell's going on. There's a man in there in a wig, in my dead wife's dress, holding an axe. What the hell? You so would
0: think it, it was kind of a ghost or like a dream. you yeah, think you were losing your mind. That's it.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, so he bolts out the house, gets his daughter, says, Get out of here. Uh, they stood outside, they're ringing the police, waiting for the police to turn up and saying, Look, there's a man in my house. I know there's a man in my house. I've just seen the man in my house. And the police are, Right, okay, we're on the way. Don't worry, just stay there. They get there, they go inside the house. Nobody, oh there. Man. nobody there. Nobody's there. Shit. They couldn't find anybody. They're looking around for ages. Uh they're looking in all the obvious places, you know, the, the checking in the cupboards, yep. checking behind curtains
0: and so on and so be forth. So creepy. Terrifying. Not so much Horrible. for the police,
1: because they're probably thinking These lot are just this. going mental. Yeah.
0: Yeah, but imagine like in your dead wife's clothing. That that puts the cherry on the cake. Like It's like
1: seeing a ghostly apparition, isn't it? Like yeah.
0: seeing uh, You would I genuinely I wouldn't even know what to think.
1: No. No, you just beat... And that's exactly what happened to him. Yeah. And that's why he just bolted. He said, I'm not I'm not dealing with this. I'm out. Yeah. I don't blame him. No, I can't blame him at all. But um, so the police noticed a like crawl space under the stairs. Uh, and they were like, what's that down there? And the father was like, well, it's just, you know, under the stairs kind of area. He's like, right, okay, we'll check in there. Open it up. Who do they find? Daniel LaPlante sat in there right okay so daniel LaPlante is sat in this little crawl space and uh what they do is they, they they take him out and they start having a look around and they find remnants of food you know um like personal items stuff right. like that and uh, so they they theorized that he'd you know been, he'd been living there he'd been living here for a while so they keep so they keep digging around and it turns out that in in the way that american houses back then were uh, built i presume there's gaps in the walls naturally, right? So they, they they've taken a look, you know, got the torches in there and seen like what he's done. And essentially, what he's been doing is he's been moving around the house in the walls.
0: Yeah, because there's like behind the walls, there's like a little space in there in America, in a lot yeah. of the yeah.
1: Yeah, that's it. So so what he'd been doing is he'd been going around the house for about two months, is
0: what they theorized. Jesus, he'd been living in the walls for nearly
1: two months. Uh, And so what he'd do is he'd watch the family go about their daily routines, you know, just doing the... Yeah,
0: learn what they do, learn when he can get some food, creeping the kids out. Like the kids, again, they could hear things and the dad thought it was just them being stupid.
1: That's it. Well, and and then the extra step to it was this was the girl that he was trying to date that he's now trying to... Yeah, that he's now. Did he only go on out. one
0: date with her? Or is that only That's the? That's it. That was the one date. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, so right, he only right. went on
1: the one date because she was obviously taken aback by the fact that he looked nothing. Yeah, like how he so was. So he decided to, to move into the crossburst. That's it. Yeah. So Bloody he said, hell. "Right, here we go." Um, so yeah, he would torment the two young girls by moving things around and like flicking lights and making noises and doing all sorts of stuff like that just whilst the dad was away. Yeah. Whenever the dad came back, obviously knew he was back. Didn't do anything. Just sat there. How weird. Terrifying.
0: That is creepy. But
1: on, uh, So on December the 11th, 1986, he was arrested and charged with offences, offences including breaking and entering as well as armed assault in a dwelling, which is, you know, a attacking someone in their own yeah. house. Yeah. Uh, but due to him being 16, he should have been charged as a, a juvenile. So there would have been no chance for bail. He would have gone to the, uh, the whole system, mm-hmm. juvie and all that. Um, but because he was 16, he was of age to be trialled as an adult. So he was tried as an adult, which means he then got bail, which was instantly paid, and he was out back on the streets again straight away. Oh, goodness. Yep. Uh, so he, he he leaves the courtroom or the, the jail system, however that all works, yeah. and he's, he's back in his hometown again, just uh, cutting about until his court date in the future. Um, and I, then I'm really not looking forward to he, where this he, is going to go. He went on to commit multiple more crimes, Along with a few that were very reminiscent of the ones that he'd done at Annie Andrews' house. Right. So, you know, scrolling on walls, breaking stuff, just moving stuff around. Um, and uh, he ended up murdering uh, three people in total during this whole escapade after he'd been originally so after the So it wasn't the original so people? No, no, no. So after right. he got released from the system, he then went and tormented other people in other houses, ended up killing three people in total. Uh, And then he was caught again. And on the 25th of October in 1988, Daniel was found guilty of three murders and was sentenced to three life sentences consecutively. So that's 45 years, 15 years apiece for Mm -hmm. each life sentence. Um, Then in 2017, so very recently, almost 30 years after his original incarceration, um, a resentencing hearing took place. Uh, and Daniel requested a reduction in his sentence um, because a law came in, I think it was in 2014, that was something to do with uh, if they are of a certain age, they can't be in jail for more than right. X amount yeah, of yeah, years. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't, you know, it was put in place in 2014, but it doesn't yeah, go it wasn't back. Active. It wasn't retroactive. Like, yeah. it didn't apply to his because that was in the 70s or 80s or whenever it was. Um so despite stating he was sorry for his lies and remorseful for his killings, a um, forensic psychiatrist evaluated him and diagnosed him with having antisocial personality disorder. Would you believe it? Um, and noted Daniel showed a complete lack of empathy for his crimes. So uh, what happened in the courtroom, he was crying, he was bleating, and saying, I'm sorry, I didn't mean Yeah, but mean this was to. all just an act. Because then when he, was, when he was analysed afterwards by the forensic psychiatrist, he goes, no, this man is not well. This man has no emotions. This man has no feelings. He does not care that he killed these people. Uh, So the judge uh, ignored the pleads and the remaining sentence was set to be served as per what it was before. So he'll be eligible for parole in 2032 uh, when he will be
0: 62 years old. Well, let's hope he keels over by then. That's it, but, yeah, Um fingers crossed. Yeah, that was a really scary one. The weirdest thing about that for me, and I said I said it right at the start, but you could tell that that was a bloke who really liked to play on people's minds, yep. liked to play on the fear. Yep. And it's also one of the more worrying things as well. Obviously, what the, the story went a bit more in-depth with with that family that like eventually found him, right? So he got caught there, and you'd imagine the three people he murdered. He may have done similar things to those. So imagine how like horrifying that would be to be one of those people and there's a there's a fella living in your house, you don't know about it, mm-hmm. think you're going mad, hearing noises, finding writing on the walls and stuff. Then one day he just pops up and... That's it. you. Yeah, yeah, that's it.
1: But then you've also got to think, was that his plan for Annie Andrews' family? Well, I mean, if he stood in the room with an axe, you would suspect so. Why was he... Again, that was another... It was another question of why was he so intrigued with the death of the mother initially to then appear in the house. Obviously, he was living there, but to then be in the house wearing said mother's dress, who'd passed away.
0: Yeah, I think that that adds into the fear factor, though. This is what I mean. This guy's clearly mentally unwell, insane even. Like, to to do that, to try learn about the family and know that the mother's dead and then go and dress up in a clothes and a wig. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That is dead weird. Yeah, yeah. And apparently, um, he also had... um, like
1: traces of makeup on his face. So he'd been... So he'd really gone for it then? Yeah, yeah. So he'd really like gone all out for it. But I don't... Again, I don't know if he meant to be caught or whether it was just that... Yeah,
0: because it is weird that if if there's a bloke running out of the house with two of his daughters you wouldn't then go get in the crawl space. Like, especially you have an axe on you as well, surely you would just, like, leave the house, even if it's through the front door. Like, the guy isn't going to try to fight you when he's got his daughters, if you've got an axe. Mm -hmm. You could have just run off. He could have tried, at least. But he just went back in the crawl space. Maybe he was so confident that he wouldn't get spotted there because he'd been there for months.
1: That's exactly it. And, you know, he'd managed to get away with it for so long. And I think what had really happened is that because the daughters had found that writing in the basement, I think they'd you know they'd they'd rang their dad and said come home but obviously daniel hasn't heard this call or something and he's going about his day doing what he'd usually do wearing the dead mom's clothes maybe it was some kind of fetish of his or something of that sort i don't know um but then it feels to me like he wasn't supposed to be there like he wasn't supposed to be out in the open when the dad burst into
0: the room yeah possibly maybe it was meant to be one of the children yeah, potentially, yeah. Because then the dad anything. would say, what do you yeah. mean you saw him Because they would probably just think it was the mother. Mm-hmm. They'd be like, what do you mean you saw mum? Like, no, you didn't. Yeah, no, you never. That didn't yeah. happen. Yeah, that's it. That's how I mean. Maybe he didn't mean for the father
1: to be there. And then obviously him turning up then, in, in turn, arguably saved their lives. Yeah, really By lucky. finding him when they found him. If in the future he went on to do the same things and then kill the family, you
0: know. Yeah, I mean, that, that first family is lucky, but the other ones, I bet that was a horrible death. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely that, terrifying. It's it's the kind of thing that is like
1: a, it's like a movie. It feels like it's, yeah, that could be a horror film. It's right something there. that somebody's come up with. It's like the kind of it's the kind of thing where people wear people's faces. It feels like that where yeah. they cut the face off. like. Oh, I kind
0: of feel like there might be a movie with a similar storyline for some reason. I feel very, like I've very seen probably. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there will be. I mean, be.
1: I feel like men in the walls, killing people yeah. is a common trope. If not, we should make well, a horror film. Well, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. We'll call it. Um, Men in the Walls. <laughs> <laughs> that, they're the most creative name yeah. I've ever heard. Well, Afrin's in it. Well, there's some men. And uh, they're, they're in walls. In the walls for some reason. <laughs> Would you you? Who'd have thought it? Yeah, no, it's it's not me. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's the story of uh, Daniel LaPlante and uh, his uh, 2032 parole.
0: Nice, yeah, two creepy ones there if anyone's still watching it at this point, let us know in the comments if you enjoy this true crime stuff because I feel like we should oh we might make it a more regular thing maybe yeah. with a little bit of conspiracies or like something like things along these lines as well as having the guests on and you know keeping up with like whatever's going on in the world uh, but yeah I say we go have a little two minute break uh get a glass of water and then we'll come back and hopefully start on a lighter tone. We'll do that yeah yeah <laughs> okay, we're back. Little two minute break. I went and made a cup of tea. I'm sorry if anyone thinks I have sounded croaky throughout this. I think I might be getting like a cold or something. So I'm staying far away. <laughs> yeah. Rest in peace to me. It's been a it's been a, a heavy week. Also today, a random fact. It's the start of Pride Month. So it is. Yeah. Yeah. So there was June. Yeah. Yeah. First yeah. of June. You know, what's weird as well. I thought it was like July or August Pride, but no. Apparently, it's June. Um, one of the things I wanted to cover because I've not actually seen it happen yet, but I know it's going to happen. Every single company
1: in the whole of the world
0: is about to change their logo to a pride flag. That they are, yes. And then as soon as July rolls around, they go back to default again. Yeah, they'll completely forget about it. You see, I don't don't know why. Like, I'm bisexual myself for context for anyone that doesn't know me. But that's one of those things that really does cause me stress. Mm -hmm. Like, it's like every company in the world is like, oh, look, we're inclusive just for, like, a month mm-hmm. and then they just completely forget about it I admittedly there's like laws and stuff now you've got to have like you know inclusivity within the workplace whatever whatever but like come on man like I- i'm sure there will be a few companies that like actually donate to some charities are like actively doing work within their workforce or within the communities to do things but most of these companies are just changing the facebook profile picture
1: it's it's essentially in the same way you know how facebook offers um the filters that you can put over your profile pictures when you upload them. Yeah. And so there'll be one for Ukraine, there was one for like France. There's one for you know, yes, whenever they there's a gay pride. There most likely will Solid. be, yes. They, I can guarantee there will be. But it feels a lot like you know, like a fifty year old person on Facebook who has 80 of the same profile picture, but it's just with yeah. a different border on every time. That's all companies are doing. They don't give a shit. They're just fucking getting the guy with Photoshop and saying, hey, can you add a rainbow onto that picture? Right, we'll upload that. Bosch done. Yeah. Then people think we care. It's, and ah, it's such a farce. And like you're saying, I know a lot of them will care like well, you'd hope
0: that yeah, i'm not saying that the care. companies who do this are like homophobic they're yeah. probably fine but i just think that it's just virtue signaling to fuck yes like, that's exactly what it is yeah. yeah i don't know why but like as someone that's part of that community it just causes me stress and i'm bitterly, like maybe some people uh will see it as like a really positive sign but to be fair like most of the time if you look at the comments on those like pictures especially on facebook it's usually just random people hating. Oh, why BMW? You don't have what to do with being gay. Why
1: mm-hmm. are you
0: doing the pride colors? Stick to making cars. Mm-hmm. Like just comments like that. But it's in
1: in the same way that then there's people that argue that these companies shouldn't have put out statements on you know the world politics and stuff that's mm-hmm. going on in the world. So like a lot of companies, you know, tweeted out or changed the picture and said we support Ukraine. Yeah, and I, I just feel like as a business entity. Why just don't get involved with anything? Yeah, just be, just be just be the company that you are. And I get don't get me wrong, don't get me wrong. I think it's really good that these companies are trying to you know get some presence for you know LGBT culture yeah. and a lot of that stuff. But like you're saying, a lot of them will just be following the trend and saying, oh yeah, we'll whack, we'll whack this on the website. We'll we'll do this for that. Oh, there was a terror attack somewhere. We'll we'll put that on our website and say that we feel bad for them and and. It gets to the point where you think you don't need to be saying this much stuff. It's not their place to be, you know, commenting on that kind of culture. So why essentially, like, alienate some of your uh, customers and that sort of stuff if they're entirely polar to, I'm not just saying LGBT, any of the things that they start to do. Yeah, 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 I know what you mean. You're ending up alienating people regardless of who they are. And, I mean, that's just my opinion, is that they should just stay as the company that they are. So
0: I kind of differ a little bit with that. Okay. So I have a problem with them just, like, changing their profile picture. I would rather, do you know, like, any of these companies that are going to change their profile picture to a pride flag, I would rather them just put out a tweet or a statement, simple link to like a, a maybe a charity or a helpline or something like it's Pride Month. If you're struggling with coming out, or if you know someone that's struggling with it, here's a helpline. You're like if you're having bad thoughts, or if you need help chatting about it, or just want someone to talk to about it. Here's a helpline. That's it. Mm-hmm. Like they're actually providing something useful to someone then. Mm-hmm. Because I think the argument for the pride flags is, well, if everyone sees them, people are going to become more accepting, it's educational, but it's not actually educational just seeing a rainbow on your Facebook feed. Whereas actually like even that post, which would definitely probably help some people from some of these massive Facebook pages, would in, like, inadvertently educate people because people would then think, oh, this is like what I might be saying that's negative mm-hmm. is actually having a profound effect on people's lives to the point where there needs to be helplines, there needs to be charities, etc., so. Yeah, yeah, no, I I agree with that. I agree with the but what positive the, action. I like, think, I don't the think complete word. silence from companies is the way to go. In a way, like I would, I, I would prefer complete silence than just try a virtue signal with a with a flag on your profile picture. But I do think like with massive platforms, there's a responsibility to probably try helping things like that. So something can can be said and if something's gonna be said or done, then this should go about it in the right way.
1: So when it comes to stuff like LGBT and those sorts of topics, I think, yeah, definitely they should be putting out their, you know, support for them and making it very obvious that it, it's something that they stand for, you know, they're not they're not there to be against it, they're not there to do anything. I was just laughing at myself, for trying to not spill my tea. <laughs> yeah, no, <it's laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. Carry on. They're no, not trying right. to be against it. Yeah, yeah. They're not trying to be against it. Um, but then, um, I've lost my train of thought with your <laughs> my cup tea of tea, slug, Did Yeah, you? Uh, yeah. Like,
0: no, no. I agree. You don't obviously. You want to know that, like, especially if you're working for that company or that's it. Yeah, you use their services on a regular basis. You want to know that they're like kind of on the right side of things. Yeah, but then when sh- it when
1: it when it comes to world politics, which is kind of what I touched on before, I think that is something that a lot of companies need to stay out of because it's who's right and who's wrong at the end of the day. Like I know that the media is going to portray it this way and people are going to have feelings about it that way, this, that, and the other. But in situations where it's conflicts, just don't take either side. Nah. There's no need to take a side, just be a neutral. Yeah, that's company. what I mean. Just say,
0: if you want help or if you need support, here you go. Like, provide something useful and then just take a step that's back. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, yeah. don't
1: just force it down people's throats to say, we support this side of the fight. And it's like, why would you alienate the other half? Yeah. No, no, I don't that mind way? that, though. You know I don't know. I,
0: mean? I, I don't mind companies alienating homophobes. I oh, kind of no, like, no, 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 I'm not I'm off LGBT. No, I no, I know. I know. I know. I, know. <laughs> I was just saying, like, i i I know you didn't mean it in that way. My point is more like if those i know it does kind of alienate a group of people, but like fuck that group of people. Oh, no, definitely. Yeah. yeah. When when it comes to LGBT. But if you were I a think, company, think, you wouldn't do that. <laughs> I think we've, we've crashed yeah, by way the... too closely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah we like, should. I am
1: just going to clarify. <laughs> I am completely pro-LGBT. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, not yeah, yeah. trying to say anything. <laughs> we might even, we <laughs> might just anti, cut a bit out. I'm anti-war is what I'm trying to get <laughs> oh, at, basically. Right. Yeah, basically. You yeah. say I thought you were still on about the LGBT well, stuff. Well,
1: no, that's why I was saying world politics. Oh, like, right. With oh, the war, the conflicts that are Yeah, I'll leave this
0: in now. I'll leave it in because it explains it so well. I'm going to jump back Back to the bride stuff because <laughs> it's very right. So I'm by. I'm pretty like 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 masculine. The word would be in the gay community. Uh, so I don't really experience like much homophobia. or Um, very rarely. To be fair, I used to be a dickhead as well with that type of thing. Like, do you know when I was first coming out? i'll be honest right now i was one of those gay dudes who was like oh yeah fuck the camp people giving everyone a bad name no no no, no. i was that dickhead back mm-hmm. in the day mm-hmm. whereas like now i've like kind of accepted myself more accepted that community more now i just kind of think let anyone do whatever the fuck they want to do i don't care who you shag i don't care how you dress up i don't care what you wear it makes no difference to me like you as long as you're happy fine i don't care but for the first time in years and I don't even think it was really directed at me but I was just sat on the table I sat on a table with a friend the other day coming back from a gig in Scarborough uh, and some lads were getting off the train at one point and I had headphones in like towards the aisle of the train so I couldn't actually hear anything you know I've got my airpods in not listening to much my friend turns to me and says oh did you hear what them lot said and apparently when the people were getting off the train it was like oh take a look at those two fucking queers but like th- it's weird for me because it kind of ties in with Pride month in the sense of like I've not experienced anything like that in so long. Mm-hmm. And to be fair, to look at me it might not have ma- mainly been directed at me, which makes no difference because it's still like same thing. Yeah. Um no, but you yeah, can't, I, you can't you can't tell if somebody is a certain way just by looking at them. That's such yeah. a terrible way to go about life. Exactly. But like the, the two two points I want to pull from that. First off, whether those people on the train were sh- like Really shot themselves as well. Like they were, like they were sat behind us the whole journey back from Scarborough, like an hour. Mm -hmm. Waited till they got to York and they knew we weren't getting off because we'd not stood up and said something as they were walking past. So, a like grow some balls. Yeah, 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 definitely. B. I also think that there's a lot of people that question why Pride Month's still a thing, and they're like, why did gay people need this whole month? Look, it's legal now. You can get married to same sex. Whatever, whatever. And it's exactly for things like that. So that even if every Pride Month, every year, even a couple of hundred people learn a little bit more and and change their prejudice, that'll then pass on to their family members and create a ripple effect. But I feel like people fail to realise how often that shit happens. Like that is the reason that Pride Month is still a thing.
1: Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think, I think a lot of people forget because they're not yeah they're not on the receiving end of it Mm -hmm. and i mean like like for me for example it's all well and good me saying yeah i understand it and get all that i've never really had any you know prejudice against me for any any of my like opinions or sexuality or anything like that so i i don't really understand it like i can i can um what's you can empathize that's it yeah i can empathize with it but I, i mean as far as fully understanding it i don't think anybody that isn't in that situation will ever fully get it. So I do agree that, you know, Pride Month is a necessity because there's so many uneducated people in the world and yeah. just just horrible people. Yeah, it's kind of scary when anything. you think about it. it is, that, like, in yeah. my head,
0: I'm like, how do people still have that type of opinion? And this is what I mean. It's so rare that I hear anything. Mm-hmm. Like, if anything, I more hear it like, do you know, like, people trying to have banter? Um, and maybe they'll think that I'm, like, they will just assume I'm straight. Mm-hmm. There's been times like I've been stood outside Viaduct, which for context is a gay bar in Leeds, and like people must have thought I was at Roses or whatever and people have come up to me oh that faggot in there and, and, and I've been like shut up mate you're literally outside a gay bar mm-hmm. that's like, why would you even, using that word at all,
1: why yeah. outside of a exactly. gay club of all places yeah. uh, and they
0: it? must have just been saying it to me because I thought oh look there's another straight person here who's probably thinking the same thing obviously it's, it's not the case mm-hmm. but I was like yo you need to fucking chill out man like yeah. you're outside of a gay bar that's ridiculous and also like people fail to realise it was only in like the 80s and stuff where people were, like campaigning and getting like battered by police and stuff to even make pride a thing like mm-hmm. pride month originally i believe and i'm um, if i'm wrong apologies i believe came from the stonewall charity okay who arranged loads of protests in america right. and england and across the world and in these protests like gay people were getting battered people would follow people home etc like loads of violence and it took years and years for this to become a thing that was first off legalized mm-hmm. and second off started to become more accepted in society. So I think, I don't know, I just, I hate it when people still actually question why it's a thing. I see so many people, and I've heard people, like, even some of my friends be like, oh, well, yeah, but why, why is there a Pride Month? It's like people who say, why is there a Black History Month? Like, these things... Because yeah, it's a necessity. Yeah. It's
1: like, until people learn, we're going to have to keep drilling it into them is what's going to have to happen, isn't it? Yeah. So for this kind of thing. It, it It just baffles me that in the year 2022, which sounds like a future year you know it doesn't even sound like a real year <laughs> yeah. that people have still got these prejudices based on sexuality based on skin color based on oh well, we're all the same yeah. we're all humans you know it, what i mean like it baffles me so much and it it, it it i don't get it but in these tiny little communities in america that they've got it's like, yeah, they're just echo chambers. They're mm. all racist. Every single person there's racist. Every single person there's homophobic. Mm. But then when you come over to places like this, like you're saying, somebody outside a gay bar. You're yeah. in a gay bar. <laughs> you're literally in the gay bar. Which area is probably run by the people that you're then being prejudiced yep. towards. You're buying drinks from. Strange. It's, it's Strange. so. How are you okay with being in there at all to then come out to complain?
0: Weird. It's Weird so people. bizarre. So I thought I'd change it. And this, this, this story. It, like, to end the podcast, I think it's quite a funny one. It might make me come across as quite oh, weird, actually. Oh no. So maybe it'll just cut out of the <laughs> last uh, the last bit. But if not, then you're hearing the story. Yeah. Um, this kind of proves, like, in a way, there has been a lot of progress with the, like, with pride and, and homophobia becoming less of a thing. But I was out last night, right? So had a couple drinks, was in this bar in Leeds, and um, there was two dudes at the bar, right? And they, they both... Kind of looked like they had stereotypical like gay things about them, you know. Like one of them had like blue hair, like bright blue hair, and loads of piercings. Mm-hmm. And the other dude, just the way he was like dressed, like as a as, some, as someone that's bisexual, I thought, all right, they must be gay, or one of them must be gay. Yeah. Well, the problem is, it wasn't a gay bar, so I was like, well, kind of want to go ask them for the number, but I can't because mm-hmm. I don't want to like make someone feel uncomfortable. Yeah. So I sat there thinking, how can I ask someone if they are gay? without being like really weird mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so then i, I said it because i was with my brother and i was like well should i just like go up and ask if you're straight and he was like nah so my brother was like the one th- like one of the, he was saying one of the fellas definitely is gay like you'd be safe there he was like you i'd seen him talking to whoever whatever whatever and then he was like the other fella definitely straight and I was like, I kind of had it the opposite way around in my right, head. So okay. I was like, nah, that geezer is definitely gay. <laughs> and that geezer is definitely straight. So we were sat there debating <laughs> it. And like, for context, I was literally trying to get one of these two's numbers. Like, I'm not trying to be rude in any way about these people. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, no. no, I know, I know. But yeah. I just know it yeah, seems yeah, yeah, like yeah. a bit of a weird story. So especially this part of it, this is what I mean. My Me and my brother said, right... I'm going to I was like I'm going to go up and ask for this person's number. In fact, I was going to go up. I actually went up and said, "Are you straight?" I was like Just straight. Yeah, off. literally was like, "Are you straight?" No, cuz I didn't want to like I feel like asking that's a bit more respectful than asking for someone's number and then they have to go, "Oh, no, actually, mate, I'm mm-hmm. straight." Mm-hmm. I thought I'd start with that. I'd yeah. get that no. no so no, then no, I don't fans. have to make yeah. him like even more uncomfortable, mm-hmm. although he probably must have thought I must look really gay after that. <laughs> like he was like, "I must have that that look about me." <laughs> Anyway, so we'd kind of made a deal where I was gonna ask one of them, and if like if he was um, actually gay. My Brother had to get me a drink because it was the one that he was saying was definitely not right. So I go up to this dude and I was like, Oh, are, are you straight? and he turns around, and he was like, Yeah, very. <laughs> and I was like, Oh no, <laughs> no, I have actually played myself. <gasps> oh no, oh, so no. we went like, So then I had to buy him a fucking drink as well, yeah, of right. Yeah, and I yeah. didn't get a number, I was like, oh, I've no, pro- yeah. I've proper played myself, and then <laughs> after that. My brother went to get another drink later in the night and the the other dude that we were on about, like I'd just given up, like I wasn't trying to get anyone's number then. I was like, I've embarrassed myself enough. I'm not Mm -hmm. doing that twice in Mm -hmm. one night. Mm -hmm. The other dude that was like of the people we were debating uh, uh, was at the bar. I saw my brother chatting to him and I was like, oh no. And he came over and he was like, yeah, that dude just said he is very gay. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, oh, so this whole time, right? I went for the wrong person, embarrassed myself Uh and now... I'm not leaving with any numbers. <laughs> yeah, that's it, yeah, and a pint down, and <laughs> I'm a drink down. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So I thought that was quite funny. Anyway, like that. That a, a bit, bit, weird, bit, weird, bit weird, but yeah, yeah. No, at least. But to end it on a weird point, at least I'm able to do that now. At oh, least yeah. I didn't feel like I could ask if I said to someone you straight, and he turned around and went, "No, what do you mean?" Like whipped out my shades. <laughs> yeah, he starts yeah, chasing me out the it. bar, and also very unlikely that person will ever see it. But apologies to the. To the straight person, I asked if they were straight. I hope I didn't make them feel That's uncomfortable. Very kind of, yeah, yeah, I hope I didn't yeah. make them feel uncomfortable in any way because that was not my goal. If yeah. anything, take it as a compliment, mate. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, definitely. yeah, definitely. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. Um,
0: I'd say we call it there. I say we call it there. All, All right, yeah. peace.